Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, the podcast devoted to all things spirituality and self-improvement. I am so delighted you're here with us today because we have a very special guest with us. Today we have with us Julia Marie. She is an intuitive and medium, but she's also a mentor and teacher. And she has just written the book, Signals from My Soul, A Spiritual Memoir of Awakening. And she is here today to talk to us about her own awakening and how we can navigate that really, really difficult time of going through a spiritual awakening. So I am extremely excited to have her with us today. Thank you so much, Julia Marie, for being here. Oh, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so glad you're here because uh, I know I personally have gone through spiritual awakening and I know that many of my listeners have, or maybe they're going through it not realizing what it is, but it makes you feel like you're going crazy sometimes and it can be a very, very difficult thing to navigate. So I am really glad that we have you here today to kind of help us with that. Before we jump into the topic of how to navigate a spiritual awakening though, I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and when did you start going through your own spiritual awakening? Well, for me, it happened over 30 years ago. So I will say that when I went through this process, there wasn't a whole lot of information out there. There wasn't really an internet to speak of because this was back 1989, 1990. And there were no books to read, no people to talk to. And so, as you mentioned just a minute ago, I did feel like I was going crazy. I had what's called, uh, they call them now spiritually transformative experiences. I understand now in retrospect that it was probably a Kundalini awakening. I had spontaneous activation of healing energy. Round red circles appeared in my body where I later found the chakras were. They were about two inches in diameter and a stripe about two inches wide traveled its way up my back over a period of months, I would say it took for it to go from the base of my spine to the top of my head. It was physically painful. And with all of that came a blowing open of my subtle gifts, my soul senses, I like to call them, which people call clairs, the clairs, the clairvoyance and the clair. So now I'm talking to invisible people showing up in my living room. And they were teaching me things, were talking to me about certain principles and assured me that I wouldn't need a teacher and that if I lived my life according to these principles, I would achieve my own enlightenment. So I had a legal background to fall back on. So I did a lot of cross-examination of these invisible beings and I was always looking for inconsistencies in what I was being told, but there was always a, a pattern and a progression and a foundation that never changed. So the first thing I would say to anybody who may be experiencing an awakening, and I will say, they can come like the rising of the sun in the morning, like slowly over time, or they can be where we're blasted open by an incredible event, like usually the loss of someone or or something like our job or something important will cause us to blow open and awaken. So it, it doesn't, first of all, the process is unique for everybody. 
So however it's happening to you, it's exactly how it needs to be for you. So don't compare yourself to somebody else would be the first thing I would say. So as I'm going through my own process, it took time for me to get comfortable with the idea of invisible beings having conversations. I'm sure it was telepathy with beings that weren't physically visible to my physical eyes, although I was having images of them in my mind. So I didn't understand what that was all about at the time either, but that was my clairvoyance. So I would say one step at a time, I would say question everything, always be a skeptic, but also ask for validation. So as I'm going on this journey, deep into the process, maybe about a few months in, I started to get information that I wasn't finding in books anywhere. And that kind of concerned me. And so I asked for a sign. Now at the time I'm raised Catholic. So at the time I just asked God to please give me a sign that I'm not going crazy. And the very next morning over my house was a three-part rainbow that was a physical manifestation of a spiritual principle that I was working on at the time. So we need to understand also the universe is interactive. So I need to ask and know that I will receive an answer would be the other thing that I would say to people. It took time for me to get used to it. And what were spiritually transformative experiences then are now my everyday life today. So I wouldn't say that the things that happened to me then would have the same impact as they as, on the me of today, because now it's an everyday occurrence to be talking to people who have no voices and I mean to have no bodies and to be speaking for people who have no voices that's it's normal now but it wasn't then and when you say you um you awoke to the clear like the clear audience clear voice all of that um <clears throat> were you able to also connect with people like your loved ones who had crossed over or just beings who are teaching you and helping you with your spiritual awakening? Yeah, that's a good question. I wasn't aware in the beginning of anything other than the, the, the spiritual teachers that were coming. And I would say maybe my guides, I, I suspect they were my guides. I didn't have an awareness of my crossed over loved ones until maybe 15 years into this journey. I never wanted to be a medium. I, I didn't want to do it. And so I imagine that's probably why they didn't show up for me in the beginning was because I had an, an aversion to even wanting to have anything to do with that area of, you know, the spirit world. So no, in the beginning, I didn't. And that's the one thing I'd like to emphasize. Everybody's experience is tailored uniquely for them in a way that will allow them to maybe not resist what's happening. I have a feeling that if loved ones had shown up, I probably would have shut, tried to shut everything back down 
because mm -hmm. I had a, I, I was raised Catholic and you don't know, no, no, that's not something you do. Yeah. So that was inbred in me. So it took, it took spirit over a decade to con convince me that it was okay, that it was okay. And everyone's awakening experience is very unique. And you mentioned that it usually happens because of some event. And I know in my own particular life, it was the breakup of a relationship mm. that caused a loss. Yeah. yeah. You lost something really important to your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what would you suggest for someone who maybe maybe they're in that stage and they realize something's happening because they realize they've gone through something traumatic like a loss so they're starting to understand maybe that this is what they're going through as a spiritual awakening what are the first steps or what are some things that they can do right now to sort of help them on their path well if if something like that's happened in your life a couple of other signs to look for that you're experiencing that would be uh usually the people in your life that you vibe with or that you're on the same wavelength with oftentimes that changes you're and you just it's nothing personal you just need to understand the people around you will either shift with you as you move in vibration or they fall away so if you're noticing that kind of situation happening, it's okay. So what can they do? Baby steps, first thing, baby steps. Always be intentional with whatever it is you're going to engage with. So I'm not a, I'm not a proponent of good evil. I like to say we have light and as a Native American pipe carrier that was a teacher of mine for a while, she used to call it undeveloped light. So she put the light on a continuum. So there's no need to be afraid, but I can state my intent. I wanna access the highest frequency of light that I can comprehend at this time. So as I'm stating my intent to the universe, what I'm asking for, I'm gonna receive. So. The universe is interactive, so I'm making a request. If they really want to explore this part of their lives, then it's really helpful to find a quiet place every day and consistently sit, even if it's only for five minutes. And treat the whole process as if it's an experiment or you're gathering research. So write it down. If you get a hit, write it in a book and see if it actually comes true or not. And then you either you put a check mark by it or not. It's to help you learn to identify what's your imagination and what's intuition or your awakening of your spiritual senses. A lot of times we get caught up in, okay, is this an intuitive hit? Is this right or not? Don't know. You don't want to engage your your limited mind. I'm not going to use the word ego, but that's kind of what does come into play and it can be very crafty. So we want to do our best to try and stay on the on the right side of our brain, but use the left side to evaluate. So we don't throw half of our brain away. We use both sides simultaneously. And be patient with yourself. It's, not, it, it's a it's a process, not an event. 
Yeah, it, I feel like I went through multiple awakenings. Exactly. And it's, it's like a level thing and it just, and there's always more. Mm -hmm. yes. And I personally would say once we hit that first awakening threshold, everything that comes after that is an expansion of our awareness. So it, like it, our, our capacity to comprehend or to perceive grows with each one of those. It's like a tree, tree rings. Yeah. So, so tell us about your book too, because I'm really um, interested in learning more about this because uh, like you, as I was going through spiritual awakening, I'm sure there were more, a lot more resources as I was going through mine, but still it seemed kind of limited at the time. Like I mm -hmm. didn't see a book that just said, you're not going crazy. You're going through a spiritual awakening. And it would have been nice to have a guide to say, you know, this is okay. And this is what you might experience. So your book signals from my soul, a spiritual memoir of awakening tells your own journey. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about that book. I, it's taken me 30 years to write it. Probably should have written it maybe 10 years ago when I had about 20 years experience of walking this path to where I could make some cogent observations that would be helpful to someone reading the book. So what I did when I wrote this particular memoir was I went back over from the very beginning and I wrote the stories from my place of consciousness at the time I was experiencing them because I was confused, I was afraid, I was not knowing what was happening and I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. And then in certain places, I also add in what that what I've learned over the 30 years since that event and apply it to So I speak directly to the reader and give an analysis of that particular situation in the hopes that it would help them maybe be able to evaluate more what it is they're going through. So the stories in there run the gamut from the very first chapter, which is waking up and how that happened for me, which I briefly shared here to my growth in understanding of how my unique connection to my soul, because it's my personal perspective that what we're waking up to is our own magnificence and that this physical body is the vehicle through which my soul expresses itself into this world. So it's my soul that was calling to me to wake up because it has something it wants to give to this world. It's not something outside of myself that I'm engaging with. And I feel like that oftentimes can be the thing that may challenge people when unusual things like this happen. They feel like it's something that's not them, but it's actually another aspect of who you are. So perhaps if they can see it from that perspective, they're more able to relax into it. And the less resistance there is, the more flow of energy, but you, you know that. So there's stories in there about how the energy healing came online and what happened with that, uh, spontaneous past life memories, how they, I realized they're stored in my physical body, not only from this planet and other lifetimes here, but other worlds, other places, they're stored. My physical vehicle is a repository for everything my soul has learned. But you able I'm to, not aware of it. 
Yeah. yeah. Were you, did you do any past life regression? Were you able to um, see the past lives that you had? Oh, yeah, I did. Well, in the book, I shared a past life regression. And when I, I, I had spontaneous past life memories, which led me to studying about past life regression, because I was fascinated that I was having these memories and where are they coming from? And what does this mean? And so I did take formal training, both with Dolores Cannon and with um, uh, Mary Elizabeth Raines, who's an, I did a week long intensive in regressive hypnosis with her just on past life regression. And that's where I had an experience. Our final exam was to trade regressions in front of the teacher so she could make sure we knew what we were doing. And I feel so sorry for my partner. Um, I had the experience of all of a sudden, as I'm being regressed, all of a sudden my physical body in this lifetime starts panting like I'm running, running really hard. Mm -hmm. And my logical mind is going, what the heck is going on here? But I couldn't stop the breathing. And long story short, turns out I was a probably paleolithic tribal leader and I was chasing a saber-toothed tiger that had eaten my son and and other members of that tiger had discovered that children made nice tasty morsels and I didn't do anything about it until it was my own child that got eaten and then it's we got to go kill the tiger so we kill the tiger and so I'm reliving that on the table in this lifetime and we're sort of towards the end, the tiger is killed. I say, pull the teeth. And I wore the teeth as a necklace for the rest of my life, teeth and claws and fur and everything. And while the rest of the hunters did that, I went away and started weeping. And in this lifetime, all of a sudden, now he's having to deal with me wailing (laughs) on the table. And I'm trying to stop it, but I can't. But they're hundred thousand year old tears. Mm-hmm. Because as the chief of a tribe, you can't show weakness. So that sorrow and that loss was stored as a memory in my physical body until the opportunity came to release it. Now, for me, at the end of that experience, it was a pretty powerful realization that, wow, it's not just this lifetime's worth of stuff that's carried the other past life memory was a spontaneous one and i won't bore you with it but it's very interesting so it was about a blue-skinned man so yeah wow. were you seeing another planet or when you had that that one came as the result of a, a particular meditation technique called yoga nidra And I was a presenter at a conference in Northwest Arkansas, and so I was a vendor, but that also allowed us to go to other people's events. We didn't have to, so I was curious about it. So I went and I found myself being a little bit bored with the presentation. So they took a break and said, okay, so when we come back, we're going to do a a specific form of guided meditation. And I said to myself, well, good, now I can leave and not come back. (laughs) But Spirit said, when I went out into the main thing and just sat at my booth, said, you get back in there. 
So when I get signs like that, I may argue, but I follow because I know there's something for me to be gained. So I may quibble, but I go ahead and do what I'm told to do. So I went back in the room and they went through this yoga nidra relaxation thing, which just an aside for anybody who has a very busy mind and they find it difficult to meditate. Yoga Nidra gives the logical mind something to do. And so it actually relaxes you. I went way more deeply than I ever had. And I think that that's what causes spontaneous. At the very end of the meditation, she said, now you've acknowledged all the different parts of your body. Now stand back and look at your whole self. And when I did, I didn't see this body. I saw a very tall, bare chested, blue skinned man with long black hair wearing gold around my neck and a little white skirt thing. And my legs were in a figure four and my hands were like this and I was smiling. And I kept trying to make it me, but it wouldn't change. And so at the end of the exercise i waited for everybody to leave because i wasn't going to share my experience and i went up to her and i said so were we supposed to be seeing ourselves like this lifetime and she goes yes why and i explained to her what i saw and she jabbed her husband in the arm and said you must listen to this and so i said it to him again and then he looked at me and he said, you know, if you were in India right now, they'd be bowing, bowing down to you. And I said, why? And she goes, he goes, do you know what, what that is? And I said, no, he said, that's Krishna. Hmm. Krishna's were a race of blue skinned beings that came here to bring teachings to the people of earth. Well, I didn't know anything about that, but I knew this person that I was looking at was, it felt like me. Yeah. So for the next few days of the conference, anytime I came in contact with those people, like I could feel that part of me looking out through my eyes at them. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, I came to a pretty profound insight about maybe what might be going on on the planet right now, but it's kind of really out there and it's not fully formed. So I don't talk about it a lot, but that was an aspect of my soul that from some other dimension that grounded into this. Yeah. See, I know that's true. Grounded into this physical body that day. It, it, but it, it's not like it pushed away the being the at the soul that's in here. Do you know what I'm saying? So I don't know how all of that works logically, but. That's like it was, all those things all at the same time. And, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But it's hard to explain because we're so used to on this planet a linear time yes. and yep it's not time's not really like that it's mm -hmm. but it's we our human brains can't really grasp that concept exactly but we have multiple i mean from my perspective what i've heard is we have all of these multiple lifetimes going on all at the same time yep but your consciousness is only aware of you know one at a time but it's really all happening mm -hmm simultaneously which is a really interesting concept and really difficult for for us to grasp exactly 
but I had that firsthand experience and I knew what I was looking at was me. And the interesting thing was they could recognize it too. They could recognize, they could feel that part of me looking out of my physical eyes at them. So it was a very interesting experience that literally, you know, like you said, you had multiple awakenings. That was one of my expansion rings that made me reevaluate just how big is my soul anyway. Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And so you talked about the planet and what's going on right now. Do you have any advice for people? Because this, this is a really tough time for people right now. And I know I have a lot of my own listeners saying that they are experiencing what feels like lesson after lesson after lesson. And it's just, just keeps hitting and it's really hard for a lot of people. I think they're being tested a lot right now and that's causing a lot of really tough energies for them. Can you shed on any light on that or give any insight about maybe, you know, how to get through this really tough time? First thing I'll say is each and every one of us. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is according to the beings on the other side that are not in bodies, very early on, they showed me a vision and they bowed to me and they said, the greatest of all, the greatest of all of us are incarnated. The ones with the largest hearts and the greatest amount of courage are incarnated on the planet right now. And I had the impression that there were beings that didn't think they'd be able to handle whatever was coming for the planet. So they chose not to incarnate. So, oh, makes me want to cry. If you're incarnated on this planet right now, you are a warrior and you do have the heart to make it through this so do not be afraid you came here to bring your light and your vibration to this project of ascending the planet so all you have to worry about is what's the very next thing you need to do focus on doing your part whatever that looks like and know that everything you do makes a difference even if it's only sitting and quietly seeing the planet bathed in peace it makes a difference that gave me chills as you were talking it, about that yeah me too so it must have been really true yeah, yeah. and i've heard that before i've heard that if we came here in this lifetime on planet earth yep we have like one of the biggest missions ever yeah in all of creation mm-hmm. and that we should be honored that we yes chosen to come no we we weren't chosen oh. we volunteered yeah yeah <laughs> yes okay we self-selected ourselves for this and that's the thing that we need to remember we chose to be here now when there were others of similar vibration and accomplishment, however you want to look at that, that chose not to engage with this particular project. There's a very powerful vision that I shared early on in that book that I never thought I'd put out publicly. And it is the thing that has motivated me for 30 years, but it's in the very beginning of the book. 
it'd be worth buying the book just to hear that particular, see that vision and hopefully have some hope. This, what's happening here on earth affects everything. At least to my understanding, this part of creation, this octave, which contains 12 dimensions. In my model, each octave of existence has 12 dimensions because we're a 12, there's 12 tones in an octave. Yeah. So we are here to facilitate the planet's movement into her next evolution. We're not going anywhere. We're transforming this place. Yeah. And in this, because I've heard a lot of people refer to it as new earth, that's going to be coming about, which whatever you want to call it, I think it's all the same thing of us elevating the planet. And we're the goal is trying to return back to a place of love, right? And not this fear-based existence that we all have. Like we want to try to do things from a place of more love and less fear. And part of this whole thing, another thing I've heard, I don't know if, if you agree with this or not, is we're trying to also balance because I feel like we're more in masculine energies right now and less of the feminine and the softness of that and trying to balance those energies back out again. Well, didn't think I'd ever share this before I put it in a book, but here goes. You have the consciousness to make the observation or ask the question, so I'm going to throw this out there. In my memory, this planet was feminine energy predominant or ruled in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. All right. And there was a time, at least one lifetime that I have a memory of where we were as the leaders asked or tasked by creator, however you want to look at it, to hand over the sovereignty to the male polarity in order for it to learn and grow. So it's had its ascendancy. And now what's happening isn't necessarily the emergence of, but rather the re-emergence of the divine feminine until we achieve equity or balance. And then together, both polarities move forward to hopefully in harmony at that point. That makes total sense. Mm -hmm. So this project's been going on a lot longer than many of us know. And I would also say, like people are starting to talk about Pluto into Aquarius and how that's, you know, well, we've been in the dawning of a the age of Aquarius since the 60s. Let's not forget that. <laughs> so we're looking at the long term. I may be fortunate enough to see the end of this Aquarian transit with Pluto. I've always been told 2043 to 2045 is the, the pivot point. Well, that's when Pluto moves into Pisces, which brings us back around to the whole single Christed consciousness now perhaps blooming into a collective. So if I were to guess or make an estimation of when there might be a planetary 
shift in the collective consciousness, I'd say it's probably not for another 20 years. So it's the people that are your age that are going to see that. I'm probably not, but at least I can be the midwife because I'm part of the transition team. I'm here for the transition. I probably won't be here for the result, but that's okay. I just want to do my part. Once you started it all, I really do feel that way too. Oh no, there have been generations before me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There have been generations before me. The earliest, um, when I first understood what I was looking at, I didn't realize indigos went as far back. But I had a vision one time about a call going out across the universe about the time of World War II and light coming from all over the universe and some of it was white so you couldn't see through it and some of it was like frosted glass and some of it was clear and i didn't understand it then because this was back in 1990 or 91 when i was having all this stuff in my living room and i didn't understand that what i was looking at was okay those white light beings that came from other places in the universe because there wasn't enough light here to help the planet shift during the time of world war ii those beings began incarnating around that time so i'm probably one of the late late members of that cohort that answered that call because i was born in 1953 but i met a woman that was I was in my 50s when I met her and she was in her 70s and we were talking about a specific thing and I had the understanding. Oh, the reason why that corneal transplant she had didn't work was because her the frequency of her physical body. Was higher, so she was the oldest early indigo that I ever met now indigos usually are are tagged right around the 1980s, but no indigo started coming on this planet around World War II. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize it went that far back either. I I, I didn't either. The same impression that you yeah. were as much later. Yeah. Wow. That's very yeah. interesting. Well, this has been such a fascinating and I could sit and talk to you all day, but <laughs> I don't want to I know. time. So fascinating. Um, and I really appreciate you being here today and talking about your own experience and you've given us so much wisdom and insight and i really truly appreciate you for that if there are people out there listening who want to grab a copy of your book including me and uh or also maybe want to follow you or work with you what's the best way for them to do that the book's going to be on amazon it's probably available for pre-order in kindle now but it'll be released on january 11th and if they want to work with me it's www.juliamarie Excuse me. If they want to work with me, it's www.juliamarie.us. And there they can find all kinds of information about the classes and the courses and workshops that I offer. And I'd be happy to assist them if any of them need clarity or want to speak with a loved one from the other side. It's all on the website. Awesome. Or they can maybe listen to my podcast now and then, evolvinghumans.com. I have an episode that went up, I think it was last week or the week before called The Planet is Ascending and So Are You, which might be of interest to your audience. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have a link to your podcast in the show notes. 
and also to your website and where they can get your book because uh, I know I'm going to have some listeners out there who are going to want to check out your podcast and your book because this has been a really amazing conversation and I would love to have you back anytime to maybe anytime. talk about the ascending yeah. planet and everything going on yep. I think you could talk about that for so yeah. long <laughs> there's so much to cover for that so I enjoyed myself Yes, thank you again so much for being here with us today. I appreciate you. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to recommend this podcast to those you think might benefit from it. If you'd like to join us on Patreon, you can see this live interview with Julia Marie, as well as other interviews that I've done. And we also go live every week for a card reading and we do some healing on Patreon as well. So we'd love to have you over there and you can join us for a free trial. The link is in the show notes. I hope you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you guys so much love and light and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.